0: Welcome to Milo Time, where we dive into the list of things that Milo loved and spend some time with my beautiful, amazing, awesome, fantastic boy, Milo. Welcome to another episode of Milo Time. Daryl Kessler, along with Lisa Cohen. Hello. Lisa, welcome again to Brooklyn. Good to have you down here. Thank you. Good to be here. And Lisa, I I need to mention to you, I... um, I went for a run uh, over the weekend <laughs> and the uh it, it being past the end of summer and uh marathon New York City marathon approaching yeah. Yeah. and it got me thinking to those great times that you and I trained together great. for a New York City marathon for those <laughs> who may not be aware of this uh in 1998 is that right was yes, it 98? 98 98 Lisa Cohen and Daryl Kessler trained together we for did. the New York City Marathon when we were we did. living on the Upper West Side. We did. And um, what's the opposite of a joyous experience? <laughs> what, what's the right word? Um, we, we trained together. The training part was quite a bit of fun. Um, as the race approached and we both started to break down. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, then the race Put it itself. this way,
1: I think all that needs to be said is neither one of us has even considered for a moment doing <laughs> right, it again. Right,
0: <laughs> and, and by the way, actively dissuaded oh, others yes, from doing for it. Sure. When people say, hey, I'm thinking about running the New York City Marathon. It my hurts your is body. Always, you're, you're not meant to do this. <laughs> it's not natural. But, you know, there's so much more information yeah. out there now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not that I would ever run another marathon, um, but... There's what did we know really? Like it was we, one book. It was one book, or yeah. you'd, you. There was this sort of like there was this thing called a website, which at the time yeah. was sort of unusual, run by the New York City Roadrunners Club, and all they had on there was like, all right, here's a three month training regimen. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. would say on day one run this, day two yeah. run this, day yeah. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it said nothing about like weightlifting or strengthening no, no. your muscles. Right, right. So we went from basically being really non-runners. Over a little more like yeah but a, yeah a little bit running but not like a runner for the purpose of training for a long run to like three months later thinking our bodies should tolerate like 50 or 60 miles a week yeah and yeah. Um, it was too much yeah it was it was too much we I do I do finish. think
1: about it every time I, I I come here because you're on Fourth Avenue and right like if, if I I mean I'm like this is it looking at the eight mile mark there still a PTSD oh. from it Still yeah. PTSD yeah,
0: kinda. yeah 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 well, what we did both finish the marathon um... Neither of us, uh, we both sort of had times in mind that we wanted. Neither of us approached those oh, times. Oh, definitely not. But but we did both, I think, go in with the mindset that our desire was to finish the race. Yes. And we both did. Yeah. And <laughs> we've got a story to tell. That's all. We've got a story to tell. That's it does it. sound
1: impressive. It does. Before it does. people
0: ask about the time. It sounds impressive until you mentioned that it was 25 years yeah, ago. That's crazy. Um, that makes it yeah. sound uh, somewhat less Ancient impressive. But, but it's still true. That we ran the New York City Marathon. So congratulations to you, Lisa. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) As our listeners know, on this program, we look at a list of things that Milo loved that we've been building, Alana, Max, and I, and a number of Milo's friends and some of our family members. It's a dynamic list that continues to grow. And Lisa looks at the list and uh, picks out something that she wants to talk about that day. And I wonder if there's anything today, Lisa, that uh, you want to chat about. Yeah, pretty irresistible to me, Wordle. Wordle. I love. I haven't it. thought love about it. Wordle in a while cuz I Do you not play I, every day? I, I for a long time I did and um now I don't. Um, well, what happened? Well, a couple things happened. This is this is jumping right in. Um one thing that happened is that Milo loved to do it and we loved to talk about it together and it became sort of a difficult thing yeah. to do without him. Yeah. Um, and that's just part of the bigger story of sure. how his Death impacts a lot of things in our lives, from big things to very mundane things. But another thing is that I've gotten interested in other little games on my computer. You've probably heard about the Immaculate Grid, which is the sports-focused one. Focused one Ugh, perfect video, for you. Yeah, I, don't I don't even make don't, me explain it. No, I won't. Which is wonderful. <laughs> um, I try to do the New York Times crossword puzzle every day, although not on my phone. Um, and I do the B. Yeah. I do the B yeah. instead of Wordle. Those are that. Those are my online... Mm-hmm slash crossword mm-hmm. obsessions.
1: Well, do you know that there's also a quartal and an octortal? So I've heard
0: Alana mention them. Yeah. It sounds crazy. <laughs> um, the reason I got annoyed with Wordle, beyond the challenge of doing it without Milo, I just got frustrated that you'd be close to the answer. You'd have three guesses less left. And you'd make three guesses that are all right. Yes. They're right. all correct. They're yeah. no less correct. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And no, you it, at, at it a certain
1: right. point, it, it's a lot about luck, and that's yeah. annoying.
0: Yeah. 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 So to summarize really quickly, Wordle is a word game that's now available online. Some very clever people came up with it and then sold it, I think, to, to the, the New, New York, York, York Times. Yep. And who,
1: who made it much
0: harder, by the way. Who <laughs> made it much harder. That's what I'm told now. And it is a game. It's like a much more difficult Wheel of Fortune idea where you guess a couple of letters to start, and then you, over time, over a limited number of guesses, you still get six guesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you try to pick the word that they have in mind that is the winning word. And um, it's on the list of things Milo loved because probably about the time, uh, maybe before, but it was probably over COVID.
1: It was. I remember it, it was, it was early COVID, COVID that it yeah. was becoming a, ses- early a COVID, sensation. Early COVID,
0: Wordle first reared its head before the New York Times bought it. And it was just clever, and it really caught on as things could during COVID because everyone was just sort of pent up and, mm-hmm. and looking for things to do. But it was about the same time during COVID that Milo's interests, maybe right before COVID, were sort of blossoming and changing a little bit. And he became very interested in not only numbers, which he'd always been interested in, but he was became very interested in puzzles mm uh word puzzles mm-hmm. and even the New York Times crossword, which he began to do uh as often as he um was able to. And um it was interesting to me that it was the puzzle part that seemed to draw his attention more than the number part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always thought that when he was doing the Ken Ken when he was six and seven years old and was doing the Sudokus and yep. anything that his grandparents would bring him, he would just devour these things. Yeah. And we always thought well, he's really good at them because he loves the numbers, but it turned out that there's something solving that came he likes to solving puzzle brain. Yeah. that makes you not only interested in them, it makes you sort of good at them and it always struck me that Milo was good at them beyond what his vocabulary or his wordsmithing skills would mm-hmm. have suggested, mm-hmm. and that applied to the New York Times crossword puzzle also. Mm-hmm. Um, but he loved, he really loved Wordle from the very beginning, and there, were, the, we'll, we'll come back to Wordle and word games, but he really loved, there were a couple of games on his phone that he really loved when I think about it. Um, he loved um, this game called, I don't know if I have this right, called Amogus. I think it was a game that he played, and People out there may be laughing at me right now, making fun of me, because that may not be a game at all. But that's a name that I heard him mention, and he may have played it with some friends from high school. I actually don't even know if it was a game that you could play with friends. Back in the day, he loved the game called Clash Royale. Um, and way back in the day, when the kids first had phones, he loved the game with his cousin, Zachary and Noah, called Head Soccer, which was like a sports-based game. Um, And he just loved playing little games. Um, You know, we've mentioned in the program before that he loved board games, but he also loved games on his phone. And as I was saying, it was interesting to me that there was this puzzle piece to his mind that really just enjoyed working out the Rubik's Cube equivalent on the phone with a word game, whatever it was. It goes
1: to his... I mean... I remember Alana telling me that when he was getting into playing tennis competitively, he had this, like, ability to, you know, he had the right temperament, put it that way. And I think it's a similar thing where it's, like, you just got to be okay with being, you know, with sort of messing up and not knowing. And it feels great when you do it, but, like, you can't can't do it without also messing up on the road to getting there. Yeah. So he's comfortable with that discomfort.
0: Yes. And... That is very well said. I wouldn't change a word of that. And I would add to that that he also loved the idea of messing up less by thinking things through before you did them. Mm. So he could live with the messing up part, but he also, I think, would look at it and think things through in a way that made him more, quote unquote, successful at it. I've told the story, I'm not sure I've done it on the program, where... I once tried a Ken Ken that he'd been doing for years and my simple Ken Ken had erasures all over it and cross outs. (laughs) And I said, Miley, you're doing this in pen. How are you doing it in pen and not, I'm doing it in pencil. And my, my paper still looks like a mess. And he said to me, dad, that's cause you're guessing. And I'm like, first of all, fuck you. Um, (laughs) I am your father. (laughs) I'm still your father. Um, But but that was sort of it. Like, he would look at it and think about it before he started putting numbers down. And I think he probably treated the Wordle the same way. And he treated the New York Times crossword the same way as well. Yeah. Where... He would go at it, and he would I don't think he would you know some people when they get to the end of what they could do at the crossword puzzle store' they start guessing things, yeah, I don't think he would ever get there. that wasn't in his DNA
1: no, it was a he he was about strategy, you know you don't strategy. you don't put anything in unless you've thought about why
0: and whether it will work right and and there were one or two occasions when like I would say, all right, sit with me and let's let us let me do this Ken Ken and don't say anything. And I could like hear him as I'm like putting numbers in, being like, what are you doing? Like, what are you, you've, Dad, you Jesus. already put that number down. You don't have to do it again. It's not right this time. You know, like that kind of thing. And he would see it and it's just not the way my brain works at all or has ever worked. And, um, you know, it is a different kind of brain, that, that, that sort of puzzle brain. I think there's something to it. You know, um the um uh, we talked about the new york times crossword puzzle because that is something that we we shared also and I did I I still do it and I love it um and we were always amazed when he was 15 16 17 years old that he was so good at the crossword puzzle because we used to joke with him that he was illiterate. Um, we used to make what? that joke. Why? We, well, because he didn't love Because he was all numbers. To read. Yeah, we always, okay. Uh, it was done with love, people. I promise. <laughs> he never thought we thought he was illiterate. He definitely was not illiterate. He was actually a very good reader. But he wasn't a natural. He wouldn't, like, sit down. There weren't many books that he would sit down and just pick up automatically. Mm-hmm. There are a number of books that he came to love. And we've talked about Confederacy of Dunces mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and... Mm-hmm. Um, Um, the calculus book that he loved um, and other books that he really, really, really enjoyed. Um, But he always loved, he came to love the crossword and we were kind of amazed that he was able to do it, again, joking that he was illiterate, because he wasn't a big reader Mm -hmm. and it was always our sense that you kind of develop that vocabulary by reading Mm -hmm. and he was just um, picking up words elsewhere and picking up the sense well, he of also the puzzle.
1: right. He 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 figured out some of the tricks that the puzzle builders yeah. use.
0: Yeah, he figured out some of the tricks. But th- there's something else that comes to mind that's a little bit heavy. But I do have to mention it um, because I think about it every time I think about Milo and doing the crossword puzzle and this sort of surprising ability to play word games and crossword puzzles as well. Um, there was a time we were we were driving back from the hospital uh, from one of Milo's relatively early treatments Um, I know because it was before he had his knee surgery which was quite early in the process and Milo had the knee surgery on the schedule and we got um, an extraordinarily alarming phone call from his doctor on the car ride back from one of the last visits before his scheduled knee surgery And we had it on speakerphone, and we were surprised that the doctor called. And um, he said to us that um, Milo has to come back in for another scan tomorrow because we see something um, that we think is cancerous by his hip. And um, we won't proceed with the surgery if in fact there is something up by his hip because the surgery won't address that and Alana and I were very alarmed and Milo was paying attention of course and we said well what do you mean you won't do the surgery and he said well again the surgery is addressing only the the femur and the, the knee and some of the tibia but it won't address the hip and we said, "Well, what happens if we do this scan, and what you see on the hip is cancerous?" And the doctor, who we had many, many difficults, many, many difficulties communicating with, said two words. He said, "Palliative care." Oof. Over the speaker Ugh. on the car, in the car, Ugh. and Alana and I looked at each other. The blood ran out of my face. I was driving. I almost Ugh. passed out and drove off the road. And I looked in the mirror at Milana, and she was white as a sheet. And I looked over at Milo, and I'll never forget this. I have never been more grateful that a human being did not know the meaning of a particular word. Ugh. I remember thinking, this kid is doing the New York Times crossword puzzle. By some miracle, he does not know what the Ugh. word palliative means. Right, And... P.S. was we did go for a scan the next day. Of course, neither Alana nor I slept the night that night. Neither Alana nor I slept the next night Mm. while they were reviewing the scan results. We got a call. The doctor had alarmed us for no reason. And we moved forward with the knee surgery. And it was a day of one of the very few days of great celebration in our house that we had at the time, what we thought was a clean scan or as clean as it needed to be to move forward Mm -hmm. with this surgery. But whenever I think about Milo's vocabulary and his ability to do a crossword puzzle and um, to play word games, I always go back Mm -hmm. to that car ride. And I remember literally almost passing out, like getting lightheaded. We were entering the battery tunnel. And I almost passed out and almost drove off the road um, like could have driven into the East River across traffic. And I looked at the rear view mirror and Alana's face was white as a ghost. And I looked over at Milo and he was fine. And I think what he thought was, it just meant we'd have to do some other treatment before the surgery. And again, I've never been more grateful that, individual it's not a word you want a a young person to know yeah didn't know now we didn't know then what we know now but that was one of the very few small victories but again what people with kids who are challenged with whether it's cancer or other life affecting things eating disorders depression deal with addiction deal with all the time these bumps in the road these twists and turns where everything is hinging Mm. on one result, one phone call, one definition, one this and that. And as Alana said many times, sometimes, well, we did have an active shooter in the house for 16 months. Mm. We had an Mm. active shooter and we didn't know whether the gun would go off and if so, when it would go off. And that's the heightened state we were in for 16 months. And this was very temporary, but one small victory for us. And I'll, I'll, I'll never forget it. It, it. Even talking about it now, I feel my, uh, my blood pressure going up, my heart rate racing, and I see the sweat, I feel the sweat pouring. I, down my I I
1: mean, I, I'm, thank you for describing it that way. I think, you know, people probably don't want to think about what, what it's like to live like that. Yeah. Um, and that you made it, that you lived in that state. That's a, perfect way to describe it yeah. um what alana said and yeah, that's um
0: that, that one phone stunning. call that one yeah that one word that one call and anytime the phone rang mm. Mm. anytime the phone rang you'd almost have a heart attack because only yeah. two people call our home phone yeah one is alana's parents and the other one was the hospital yeah and alana's parents don't use it that often so when the phone rang it was usually the hospital and um every time they called you know you didn't know it could have been. Yeah. been bad news. Mm. Well, I'm sorry to end this episode on a down note, but um, um, Milo time seeks to be honest. And um, sometimes when we talk about things Milo love, we talk about things that are a little heavier, um, but it was great to talk about Wordle and some of the things he loved. And at the end of the day, it was um, uh, interesting to provide some insight if it's really difficult into the way that, um, you know, we lived for a long time for sure. Yep. with our beautiful boy. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode and we hope you'll join us again next time when we once again look at the list of things that Milo loved.